Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash blackcase and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash blackcase. Cassettes and welcome to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Oh, at that, that was the worst one out of all three parts of this. That was the worst one. I thought Adam, you were gonna do the. Adam's tired. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is. It's been a long day. Oh, poor Adam. But it's okay. I'm here to talk about stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. Here we go. Some exciting stuff. Maybe this will wake you up. Maybe. Man, yeah. This is part three. Our final part of the Doctor Who. You're Marcy. Oh, yes. And I am Marcy. (laughs) I am. That's right. And I am here with who? Adam. (laughs) And Robin. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Now now that I remember who we all are. You sounded and looked like you genuinely forgot who we were. (laughs) So uh, this is part three of what, what was once going to be a one-part episode <laughs> yes and then turned into a two-part episode and then now we're on to part three and uh, i we're still not covering everything there's no. so much and i think i think that what we're gonna do is we're gonna have some other follow-up doctor who episodes later on but this is gonna be the last part of this this episode is gonna be different than the first two true the first two that we did were very research heavy and, you know, basically we're just talking about different parts of the show and things that were important about the show. And this episode, we're just going to love on the show the whole time. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about our favorite episodes, episodes that we think are important to the show. And I want to stress this. We're not talking about every episode that we'd like to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. But we avoided choosing episodes that needed a lot of explanation. Mm-hmm. because, again, we just don't have the time. <laughs> right. No. I mean, in a perfect world, we would go through every episode and talk about yes. it, right? Right, and that would be a whole entire... Guys, do you want to do a spin-off podcast about Doctor Who? I mean, <laughs> there's enough out there to I do mean, it, We right? definitely could. Yeah. It's a big Hooniverse. That's right. Oh, God. I like the Hooniverse. Yeah, me too. Uh, it hurts. <laughs> what? Why? That's what it's called. It's legit called. I know, but it's so silly. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, you get. Oh, I'm. Uh, maybe you don't get the. It. It sounds like universe, but they put who oh. in front of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now he likes uh, it. Oh, it's great now. Oh, it's perfect. I love it so much. Universe this. Universe that. <laughs> then you, you can't got stop cla- me saying it. Uh, yeah, you got. Then you got <laughs> That was pretty good. Thank you. Yep, yep. Then you got classic Who versus new Who. Cindy Uh, new Who. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Moving on. You mean hooving on. (laughs) (laughs) Hooving on up. Okay, so. (laughs) All right. Is this ever going to (laughs) end? Who knows? Brilliant, y'all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The first episode we're going to talk about (laughs) is 
the reboot, the episode one of season one with Christopher Eccleston. Yes, this episode is called Rose. Yeah, and in this episode, we meet Rose for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Rose is, yeah, she's a young (laughs) shop clerk. Yes. And uh, I, (laughs) yeah, this episode is really different. It's very fast paced and it set the tone for the rest of like the reboot. Let mm-hmm. everybody know how this was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, and it, it it had to, you know, it really had to catch people enough. Like mm-hmm. I know when you showed me the show, yeah. it wasn't like when you were like, mm, "Oh, the episode one is where you must start." Like nope. you did show me more interesting episodes, mm-hmm. but it's still important <clears throat> to go back to it. And I mean, it's not a bad episode. Mm-mm. It's just. You know, it's, it gets better. Yeah, and it has a lot more of more roots in the old show than a lot of other episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the like we were talking about, we were talking about this a little bit last week. We talked about the nesting consciousness and the autons, and those are in this episode. They're the plastic people that come to life and shoot you with their hands. Yeah, Yay. yeah, and um, <laughs> this was you know this was a a monster that they brought back from the old show to kind of be interesting, kind of. You know, and they even recreated the scene where the shop windows come to life, shop window dummies come to life. But I, I just watched this episode with my dad, and <clears throat> the reason, the reason that I don't show this to people when I want to, I want <laughs> them to watch Doctor Who, is because if I show them this episode first, they're like, "This is fucking weird, Robin." <laughs> like the trash can is eating Mickey. The what trash the can hell? swallows a man whole and then burps. Yeah, <laughs> LOL, I guess. <laughs> I And so I watched it with my dad, who is totally unfazed by weird sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we were watching it, he didn't think it was weird. He totally, he just accepted all of it that was happening. He had no problems with it. and Except for when the trash can swallows Mickey, and then Mickey is like a plastic person. Mm. And it's so mm-hmm. obvious that he's a plastic person. And my dad is like, how does she not notice that he's different he looks so weird and he's talking weirdly like you know he was like Mm -hmm. this is a little strange and i think that the reason that they made him look like that was because they wanted the audience to know that he was a plastic person Mm -hmm. like that was supposed to be our tip-off because if they just had the same actor play him after he'd been swallowed we would it may have not been yeah conveyed Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have understood that he, like, now is a plastic Yeah, why is he thing? all of a sudden acting so weird? Yeah. He obviously survived the trash can. Right. Mm-hmm. The doctor pops off Mickey's head uh, as a plastic person, and then his head melts, and Rose, for, like, three seconds, is like, is he dead? She doesn't even know if he's alive. And then she's just running with the doctor and mm-hmm. laughing and talking. <laughs> yeah. And my dad was like, oh, my God, she just gave up on him. And I said, no, Dad, don't worry. Mickey's fine. Dad goes, she doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> So the, yeah, there were there are a couple of things in this episode that are a little, and you kind of just have to look past it because mm-hmm. you are jumping into a, a really. This is the shallow end of a deep pool, and everything is it's going to be really good. It, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's the shallow end of the ocean. I think is what it is because <laughs> there's just so much to dive into. We yeah, can't possibly right experience mm-hmm. it all at once. You know. Mm-hmm. What are what are some more episodes, guys? So we want to talk about. Let's go to Aliens of London. Oh, my God. Yes. Rose is still with the doctor, and she thinks that she's been gone for only 12 hours. 
But she comes back with the doctor, and it's actually been 12 months. Right. And like, Whoops. Yeah, her mom, who, whose name is Jackie, and Mickey, who is still her boyfriend, they're like, what the heck happened to Rose? Yeah. Like, where is she? Because the doctor's goal is to take you and then put you back right where he took you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that people never notice that you're gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he failed at he this. Screwed that up. He didn't do a good job. He <laughs> <laughs> got the number right. Right, but not yeah. the, the and I remember and this amount. is yeah this is a cool episode just because of that concept and it and it proves it shows the audience how you can't just because you have a time machine doesn't mean you can undo things because mm-hmm. right. I remember the first time I saw this and that happened I was like well why don't they just hop back in the machine but they're already there mm-hmm. you know they've already they've set the course for this now like they can't just go back and change it so they go back you know. <clears throat> Right, it's not a time machine that necessarily changes linear mm-hmm. time. I mean, they get into this later, and it's a really wibbly wobbly, timey wimey thing. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of running its own timeline that can't be changed. You yeah. know, it's jumping through time among different possibilities, I suppose. Yeah, but once you've set something from that. from the TARDIS you know once it's decided on a time or whatever it's set and when something yeah when something is a fixed point right and Mm -hmm. the doctor kind of he explains from time to time when something's a fixed point and when it isn't a fixed point Mm -hmm. but Aliens of London is the first episode we meet the Slovene which I think is yeah they're only in the new show yes Mm -hmm. and these are if anyone has forgotten listening if you're a doctor who fan and you haven't seen this episode in a while these are the farting aliens <laughs> that eat your insides and take your skin and put it on your head put it on themselves and keep it closed with a zipper on their forehead yeah yeah that is the slothene and they are from the planet rexacorica phalopatorius yes they are wow and uh, yeah, yeah we learned that one a while nice ago work. right it it is this is an episode that is hard for people getting yeah. into the show. But I think the concept of it is really cool. Yeah. Actually, where the aliens, like, purposefully crash into Big Ben and right. then into yeah. the river right there. Yeah. It's, like, to make a big scene. Yes. You know, purposefully to make a big uh, spectacle. Like, right. oh, my gosh, aliens have landed. I can't Humans believe it. Humans now know what aliens are. Yeah. There's no denying it. And yeah. it's it, this big, yeah... And it, they fall, like it crashes into Big Ben and then it falls into the Thames, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, I mean. All, all is a ploy to Right. Like, and then behind the, yeah. scene, behind the scenes, they're doing all this other stuff and getting mm-hmm. into the government and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Parliament. And then you've got, of course, uh, Harriet Jones. Yes. Ace reporter. For, yeah. she's No, she's the MP for Flydale North. Flydale North. Yeah. Oh. She says it multiple times. <laughs> um, we are not British, so we forgive Adam for not knowing <laughs> yes. what MP is because we also don't know really <laughs> what MP is. It's kind of, it's definitely a British political thing. I think yes. it's kind of like okay. a House of Representatives gotcha. type deal. Yeah. She pops up every once in a while. She's very funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then after that, we have, we have a lot of episodes from the earlier seasons more than the later seasons. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Adam is not caught up on the show. Oops. Yes. And we don't want to spoil a whole lot of stuff for him. I'm sorry. It's 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 okay. it's okay. So the next episode is the first of the new series that Ooh. features everybody's favorite villain, but I guess not really because they they lost the poll. But uh, Dalek, <laughs> season Exterminate. one, yeah, season one, episode six. This this one I believe is where they go to. They're in a facility with this 
I don't know what kind of, I don't know what his deal is. Is he like a doctor of some kind? He owns the internet. Okay. That's right. (laughs) And, and they have something captured that will not talk to them. They can't get, they don't know what it is, but then they bring the doctor to it and it reveals. Yeah. To be a Dalek. Yeah. And the thing about this Dalek is that it is sick. It's dying. It's, it's almost dead. And Rose, not knowing anything about Daleks, touches it and transfers some of her DNA into it, reviving the Dalek and making it able to follow her and kill people. And ultimately, though, it absorbed too much of her humanity, has feelings other than hate, and mm-hmm. it kind of, it you know, it's it kind of a fate worse than death, almost. For a Dalek, yeah. So it, um, because yeah. the whole point of them is they hate everything that isn't pure Dalek. Right. And because it's, basically Dalek and human yeah. DNA mixed, it hates itself. So that's a really important episode. And it, it actually, it was the first time they introduced new audience, the new audience to a Dalek. Right. And, and up to that point, the doctor had believed that all the Daleks were gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here's a tip. If anybody's listening, who's not really into Doctor Who yet, they're never gone. <laughs> they're always around. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many ships he blows up. It doesn't matter what, if he traps them in some some black hole or vortex or whatever. They will always return. They will always be Daleks, mm-hmm. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yin and Yang. Yeah, they there. they have to exist. So after that, we have a very special episode. Yes, my first yeah. ever episode of the show, The so- Empty Child. Yeah. So, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Mm -hmm. uh, it was Athens, Ohio, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I watched Doctor Who. Marcy got me to watch Doctor Who, and she got me into it, and I was a big fan. And we desperately tried to get Adam to watch it. Oh, desperately. So many times. So many times. We fought Adam. He just refused, and... He he always made up some uh, excuse not to watch it with me, and so yeah, th- it's okay. That's more Adam's deal. Um, <laughs> so look, I had important things to do. Had... So that's true. Said. He did make a Mountain Dew staff <laughs> once. That was pretty cool. Yes, the staff out of Mountain Dew it was cans. Pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty great. It's my wizard staff of Mountain Dew cans, and I also made a helmet to go with it. Yeah, I remember that Friday night. Anyway, <laughs> so oh, one night. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, Adam was at my parents' house with us, and I remember we we had our, our friend Jaron there, and we really were just we were laying on the peer pressure yeah, we were super like, Come thick because I I was like I finally I think I thought of one I thought of an episode he might actually and finally uh, after some we said some words to him and mm-hmm. and he eventually watched the episode and he liked it. There yeah. you go. It was pretty cool. It yeah. was creepy, but it known. was cool. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with the Turn empty off the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> if you're what? unfamiliar with the empty child. It is an episode about, it's, it takes place during the London Blitz. Mm-hmm. And it, so it is kind of a, a bit of a sad episode. It's the first time we meet Captain Jack Harkness, Ooh. who becomes kind of a recurring companion person throughout the like the first two or three seasons of the show. And uh, basically what's happening is this little boy that <laughs> he's got a ma- gas mask on his face. And he's almost like a zombie. He's like a zombie child. Mm-hmm. And he is looking for his mom. So he spends the whole episode, are you my mummy? Mummy? Are you my mummy? It was like this big. Mm-hmm. Just walking around. And then you just hear it. Mommy. mommy. Yeah. 
and he freaked out all the other children. It's creepy. Well, yeah. And if he touches you, you become like him. Yeah, you grow a gas mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And become just like that looking for your mommy as well. I think it I think it's possibly the best episode of the first season. Yeah. For it's, these fr- it's definitely great. up there. Yeah. And it, what's really special about this episode too is that they come to a solution at the end where everyone turns out okay. And that's very rare in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. They even make a point to call it out. Yeah, it's very rare. You have to when you're watching the show, you have to be in the in the sci-fi TV show mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're watching Star Trek, what hap- what what's the rule of Star Trek? The red shirts always die. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and like that, that's how how it is in Doctor Who. It's they're not wearing red shirts, but there is always going to be like fatalities. Yeah, if casualties. They're, if they're just characters who are kind of around. Yeah. Then <laughs> you even lose characters that you kind of like. True. You know. Right. They, nobody really has plot armor. Yeah. I mean, except, except for, for the doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His companions most certainly do not have plot armor. No. <laughs> no. Even no. though you'd think they would. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'd they, think so. They don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which they really try to drive home in the first this first season that if you're next to the doctor, like you, you're like, in a lot of danger. Yeah. yeah, you're you're actually in danger. Yeah, the season, the show, like the reboot, really started with it's you know he's dangerous, he's dark. You're if you're near him, you could die. But then like as the seasons went on, he got to be a little sillier and a little yep. more funny and a little more oh this is fun. But then like even though they had these silly funny episodes. Bad things still happen to the companions. People yeah. still die, mm-hmm. and it's things not happen. great. Yeah. yeah, it can be tough. Yeah, yeah. So the empty child is a great. That's a great episode. It, it is mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, and I'd say maybe the second best episode, of season one, is the parting of the ways. Oh, I, th- I thought you were gonna say part two of the, <laughs> of the empty child. I mean, I, I consider them one? to kind of be just one episode. Yeah, I know yeah. they're two different ones, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, the parting of the ways. So. Yeah, so um, this is the end, basically, of uh, Christopher Eccleston's run. And so he has to save Earth, of course, mm-hmm. uh, from the Daleks. Yeah. Our As you do. Favorite. <laughs> of course. course. Yes, again. I This episode's cool because they reintroduce this, th- this idea they had a couple episodes before where there's this giant television station in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Daleks have taken it over and are they're basically like they're they're abducting people from Earth and forcing them to participate in reality shows but if they lose the show they die. Yeah. So there's a version of Big Brother um let's see oh, the weakest link weakest link yes i, I can't uh, i can't remember there's one there's like a makeover show that captain jack is oh, yeah. is you know each person from the tardis got abducted and, and got thrown into one of these games and so rose is trying to answer questions from the android <laughs> yeah, yeah the weakest link yeah. uh the doctor is in big brother and yeah captain jack is stuck in this weird makeover show yeah, which the, he is totally cool with that yeah. first, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is a really special episode too because it's a part, a, in in a sense, is a culmination of the bad wolf plot line, mm-hmm. which we're not gonna dive into right today. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the thing about so you know we find you know there's a point to bad wolf and Rose becomes Rose 
sees the heart of the TARDIS. She absorbs it. She and then she also she brings Captain Jack back to life. She resurrects him and kind of which kind of fucks him up a little bit, and he mm-hmm. can never die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Rose did that, which is you know. Right, and I I seem to recall the Doctor telling her something like he can't you do can't that. You can't do that, yeah. But she does it anyway, right? And, and then yeah, it causes problems. Yeah. Basically, he became immortal because she she like used the the heart right that she had like the power mm-hmm. in her and then she used it on him but Actually, yeah yeah uh the doctor i believe absorbs that yes. extra energy oh that's this right, is the moment right. when he yes. says you need a doctor and he kisses her oh yeah and so yeah when the doctor absorbs the energy from rose obviously he dies it kills him mm-hmm. and he regenerates yeah thus starting it all over again yeah and- and there's also a really cool quote in this one too. At uh, at a point, um, I believe I want to say it's just before he sends her back to Earth on the yeah. TARDIS. At some point, right? Um, she's like, "You don't just give up. You don't just let things happen. You make a stand. You say no. You have the guts to do what's right, even when everyone else just runs away." Right. So that was. Yep. Really poignant. There you go. Yeah, because the doctor tries to spare Rose by sending her away mm-hmm. without her without her permission, and then Mickey Smith helps her restart the TARDIS and then comes back. Yeah, so yep. it's a great moment for Mickey. Yeah, who you know, uh, an underappreciated character. Yeah, <laughs> for real. He grows on you. He yeah. might be a little. Annoying he's a little. In the he's a little annoying <laughs> in the beginning. I I remember the first time I was watching this and I. And, you know, I really want to say the reason I care about this episode is because when, when I first watched Doctor Who, I had never seen any of the old episodes and I didn't know anything about the show. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know about regeneration. Mm-hmm. And so when I watched this episode for the first time, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he just died. <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he what? what? Is that the end? What? <laughs> he became a different person. What the fuck happened? And I, I remember like, I just, I looked it up. I was so blown away by regeneration the idea but i just couldn't i couldn't believe that and it so i remember that just i mean just blew my mind just i, I can't believe i didn't tell you about it yeah <laughs> that i just kind of let you yeah like, and discover no. it that was i mean i just, feel like that's the way to go right yeah honestly i don't yeah. tell people that he regenerates yeah. but people just know that different people play him and this also where he says uh you were fantastic and before i go don't say that rose before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. Yeah. Yeah. And so his, was I. And so was I. <laughs> A little bit vain in there, but yeah. that's okay. Well, that's just I Christopher loved... Eccleston, yeah. man. You gotta... <laughs> So after that, we have the Christmas Invasion, the episode right after Parting of the Ways. This is a beautiful episode. This is the introduction of David Tennant. Mm-hmm. You know, these aliens, the Sycorax, mm-hmm. are bothering the people of Earth. <laughs> bothering <laughs> is a pretty good, I think a pretty good yeah. word for it. Basically, people of Earth sent out a satellite. They've, they have hijacked the satellite, and it had some stuff on it. And they were like, hmm, this looks like a good planet. So they head on down there to take over. <laughs> and... 
the doctor is sick this whole time because he's regenerating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's unconscious, basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically in a coma. Right. Yeah. And the Sycorax are, you know, they send violent Christmas trees and creepy instrument players and mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. kinds of weird stuff. Through most of the episode, I'd say at least like three quarters of it, there is no doctor. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about the TARDIS is that because the TARDIS is the ultimate plot device, it helps you understand every species, right? It gets inside your head and it translates every language to you so that you never have to worry about not understanding. And that's a great way to explain away the fact that everyone speaks English <laughs> every time period, right. every country, yep. every every planet. Everyone speaks English and it's because you're just hearing English. So the whole time they need like this computer to help them translate the Sycorax. Mm-hmm. And so it just basically just sounds like gibberish to us the whole time and uh, he's in the middle of this rant and then halfway through you're starting to understand what he says yeah and uh, i remember i was i got so excited you know i was like oh, he's back the doctor's oh back because you, you know he was just you know, started, and because everyone goes wait that's english he's talking he's speaking english and he's like i would never dirty my tongue with your primitive language yeah you know, and, uh, you know, and then that's when the, you know, Rose is like, that means the TARDIS is working. That means. Which means. Yeah. yeah. And then she, there's like this dramatic, she looks back and then the door's open and he says, oh. miss me. Oh, yeah. oh, I, oh my God. This. Beautiful. I love that. I love that scene. It's really fun to watch someone just like swoop in and just fix everything. Yeah. So it's a really nice thing to see. That's, that's why people like this show, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. It's really fun to see that. It is very fun to see that. I I think they also love some sometimes the funny wit that that the doctor has or the funny things that he says. Yeah. There's um this really funny part when the Sycorax so he's boarded their ship and he's trying to like kind of I guess negotiate with them. And uh he's he's trying to tell them like, you know, these people like give him a chance and all that and so he says Look at these people, these human beings, consider their potential from the day they arrive on the planet and blinking step into the sun. There is more to see than can ever be seen, more to do than, no, hold on, sorry, that's the Lion King. Yeah, I remember that. It was really cute. <laughs> and so, yeah, bringing it, bringing in the, the you know, some, something even just like earthly into it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Like, of course he's seen that movie. Yeah, of course. course. (laughs) So after that, we've got, we were thinking of School Reunion. This is the return of the beloved companion, Sarah Jane Smith, from the old show. They even have a conversation talking about the moment that the Doctor left her in the past. (laughs) And, uh, which is, you know, which is really interesting. Because he hasn't seen her since she was really, really young. And he dropped her off, and it was the Tom Baker doctor. He dropped her off, and he dropped her off in the wrong place. He told her that he was taking her home, and uh, <laughs> she gets off. It's this really, you know, emotion, kind of emotional goodbye, and she gets off the ship, and she turns around, and the ship is leaving, and uh, she realizes that she is nowhere near home, <laughs> and he took her to the wrong, this wrong spot. So they talk about that for a second in this episode, and that's really sweet. And also, we're reintroduced to K-9, and I want to point out, just because for people who haven't seen the old show, K-9 was not a companion with Sarah Jane Smith. What happened was that K-9 was a companion with a different companion of the Doctor's, Leela. They had 
a third version of K9. K9 was this fun little robot dog companion. And uh, he decided that he would send K9 to Sarah Jane Smith wherever she was just so that she could have a little help or companion to make sure that you know she was safe and that's who this canine is this is not mm. the same canine that was his old companion in the old show this is mark three yeah that's yep. a good yeah good to know, good to know. <laughs> this is fun because it's an episode with sarah jane and rose kind of vying for the doctor's attention sarah jane is a little hurt because she got abandoned mm-hmm. you know at one right. point and now the doctor is hanging out with some some new young thing <laughs> And that's, you know, it's Mickey says the misses and the X, you know, it's never good. <laughs> yep. Never good. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I, there, we have a couple quotes from this episode. One of them is from Sarah Jane. The universe has to move forward. Pain and loss, they define us as much as happiness and love. Whether it's the world or a relationship, everything has its time and everything ends. And it was a nice little tribute yeah. to Sarah Jane. Yeah. yeah. The episode, it it actually makes, this episode makes me cry when I watch it. It's a little sad because at the very end, after K-9 gets destroyed in this episode, and then the doctor, you you know, kind of makes a new K-9. And Sarah Jane, uh, after she's been left behind, the new K-9 comes up to her. Mm -hmm. And she says, he replaced you with a newer model. And he said, he said affirmative. And she says, yeah, he does that. And it's just, it's so sad. Oh, it's like... Damn. Yeah. Hits you. Hits you right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, can you blame him? He doesn't <gasps> <What>? age. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> That's how it sounded. He doesn't age is she what was, I'm going with. Right, but he he just It'd left be her. hard. I mean, yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> he it could have come back just, for her at some point. It is true. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's not old yet. I mean, she's... No. In her 40s, I think. Right, and, right. Yeah. It's true. But I mean, yeah. 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 It'd be hard to stay with one person, f- you know, for their right. whole life. Cause yeah, it he doesn't just, want he to doesn't watch wanna... them die. Exactly. That's what I mean. But, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> that is not how it sounded. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get your mind. It's still sad. All right. Yeah, it is. Focus sad. on what but... I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my okay. gosh. So after that, there's an episode that's beloved by many called The Girl in the Fireplace. Yes. Yeah, this is a beautiful story. It stars Madame de Pompadour alongside the doctor, and they talk through this fireplace, <laughs> uh, hence why it's called The Girl in the Fireplace. There's these repair androids from the 51st century that rip time in order to stalk her, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and and take her brain. Their ship is broken. Yeah. And uh, what these androids did was they killed the crew to use parts of their bodies in the ship to keep the ship working. And the ship... Boy. Yeah, and uh, they have found a way to rip holes in time and space to throughout the life of Madame de Pompadour to wait till she was the same age as the ship so that they could harvest her brain. And use it to use fly it the ship. Because the they believed it would work. Yeah. But that's not how the, the clock, <laughs> these like strange clock androids are absolutely beautiful. They are. Oh, They're yeah. so cool. The masks so well are creepy done. and strange. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the, I love these creatures. The clock, mm-hmm. the, the bro, they go in, they break the clock so that you don't hear two clocks ticking at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting idea and I love it. 
Yes. Yeah. And I also liked this episode for my own personal reason because the the woman who plays Madame de Pompadour, uh, she was actually in this series called Moonlight and it only lasted one season and I liked it. Uh, and I was really sad when it ended. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's another good one. Yes. So after that, we have uh, The Impossible Planet slash The Satan Pit, a two-part episode that I think is another one of my favorite episodes of the whole oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely adore this episode, mostly because I'm terrified of Satan. Yes. And I'm fairly certain that the Doctor faces the devil in this episode. Yeah, yeah. pretty it, much. It, it is sure. kind of, it's very ambiguous, and mm-hmm. it's so, what a bold, strange thing to do. Mm-hmm. To put this in a science fiction television right. show. Right, it, it just exists somewhere in space. Yeah, and... somewhere in space, the devil's just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They get to a platform that's mining, they're drilling into this planet because... Mm-hmm they're sensing like an energy source or something. So they find all of this stuff with old writing on it and it the TARDIS isn't translating any of it. And the doctor's like, wow, this must be incredibly old right. language if the TARDIS doesn't mm-hmm. recognize yes. it. Yeah, it's it's super cool because I, I, I personally really love the, the whole um, cinematography of them going down... The, the mine shaft, those spacesuits are super cool. It's like complete stuff. darkness. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite shots, I by like a poster of it, I think, is just you just see the line, the the wire, and then he's just hanging on the end, and it's just black. Yeah. Everywhere else, because yep. they're lowering him into this pit, and they don't know how deep the pit goes and all that stuff. Yeah. And it, this and this episode introduces the ood. Yes. Which is another mm-hmm. weird creature that comes back every once in a while, yeah, I think. Yeah, the Ood comes back quite a bit throughout mm-hmm. David Tennant's run. Yeah. They they don't really appear again after David Tennant leaves the show. But the Ood are a slave race. And they're really interesting. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're definitely... I would never classify them as a monster because they're never antagonistic in any way mm-hmm. in the show mm-hmm. they're very well they are a little bit when they're controlled by other things right it yeah. depends on what they're being controlled yeah. by the, like in this one they glow red yeah the, the whole purpose, i feel so bad for the ood i know yeah their whole purpose is to serve right others they just wait for orders yeah they're so vulnerable they hold their brains in their hands yeah yeah they get kind of brainwashed by the beast so he kind of messes with the mind of one of the crew members of the station and then slowly kind of like yeah. puts his plan into action to get released because when we we find out that down in the pit is where he's being kept mm-hmm. you know chained up by right. some kind of mm-hmm. mechanism. like its brain isn't isn't necessarily in its body like the right. body is down there chained up and there's a scene in this episode that I'll never forget and because the, the doctor has totally lost his TARDIS. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's how you create conflict in this show. He mm-hmm. loses the TARDIS. Because the TARDIS is literally the most, like, escapist, every problem. ex machina thing. Yep. You know, it really, it just... Yep, besides the sonic screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, it's... So if he doesn't have the TARDIS, it causes a lot more, a, a lot more conflict in the show. And uh, there's a scene where he's down there and everything's falling apart. And you really think, like, oh, shit, this is it, man. Well, I mean, if you can suspend your belief, he's the doctor mm-hmm. after all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're watching it and you're just like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? How's he going to get out of this? 
you know, like Rose is like trapped on a ship somewhere with some some yeah, demon spawn. They've already left the the planet because mm-hmm. it's collapsing into the black hole. And yeah. They're leaving on a spaceship. And the doctor is, you know, abandoned left down there. Down there, yeah. And uh, he like falls down and like and he hits the TARDIS. Like he falls down and he looks <laughs> up and the TARDIS is there. And I just remember how relieved I was yeah. watching that. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I was so I was just like, oh, good, good, good. You know. Yeah. So that's another great one. Yeah. So after that, there's an episode which I think is different from yeah, Marcy's. Yeah, excited. it's 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 so different than like all these other episodes. Right. Like we say, Blink is yeah. really was like the first time that it was really weird and different, but that's not true. This yeah. is the first time that the show <laughs> really strayed from yeah. the formula, and it was really different and was really special. And I tell people that if they want to see the weirdest episode of Doctor Who. This is it. Yes. Love and Monsters, Season 2, Episode 10, the story of Elton Pope. Yes. Oh, Elton Pope. <laughs> he's basically, he's just the main character. Yeah, the doctor is not, is not in this episode. Yeah. The antagonist in this show, in this episode, is the Absorbaloaf. The Absorbaloaf legit just absorbs people. Yeah. It's really gross. And it's it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Elton's got this group of friends that they keep getting absorbed by this thing. And... But he doesn't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're just disappearing. And so then they're like, well, that's weird. Right. They never mm-hmm. came back. Like... The whole episode is told from the perspective of Elton. I wrote a quote here, which is one of my favorite Doctor Who quotes. And I thought I would read it. Uh, when you're a kid, they tell you it's all grow up, get a job, get married, get a house have a kid, and that's it. But the truth is, the world is so much stranger than that. It's so much darker, and so much madder, and so much better. I I love that. One of my favorite (laughs) Doctor Who quotes of all time, and it's said by this one-off character in this really (laughs) strange episode where he's talking about what happened to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, the most the doctor is in it is probably because they're t- the the reason that this group gets together is because they're trying to find out who the doctor is, yeah. what mm-hmm. he's about. Like they're searching through history yeah, and papers. It's like and, a conspiracy. Like yeah. who is this strange character? And they become like best friends, yeah. and yeah. like one of the guys is like writing a novel, and they're it's just like this very sweet episode yeah. about friendship and. So after Love and Monsters, we have Doomsday. And the reason we included this on the list to talk about is because this is the end of Rose. Mm-hmm. This is the end of her, like, principal arc in the show. Yeah. And uh, this is when we are faced with the Cybermen for the second time in the new series. The Cybermen from an alternate dimension that mm-hmm. we visited earlier in the season. And they find their way to our planet Earth to take over the world. And while they do this... They encounter the Daleks by accident. And so now it, it, it almost, uh. it becomes a war between the Cybermen and the Daleks. The two, like, worst Doctor Who villains yep. are fighting each other for Earth. Daleks be warned. You have declared war upon the Cybermen. This is not war. This is pest control. We have five million Cybermen. How many are you? Four. You would destroy the Cybermen with four Daleks. We would destroy the Cybermen with one Dalek. You are superior in only one respect. What is that? You are better at dying. 
but yeah, it's we say goodbye to Rose, and that's why it's uh, prominent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. She throw she like throws everybody off in the beginning. So this is this is the story of how I died. Like okay, all right, all being right. a little dramatic, now being a bit dramatic there, Rose. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess when you're watching it, the companions don't have any like you know promise that they're gonna live right. another day. You right. know, they they have the possibility of dying. Right. And she's mm-hmm. she and technically she's dead. She's listed among the dead. Yeah. Because she's you know, she's no longer in our universe. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh. So our next episode then um is from season three and it's called Runaway Bride. Oh, it yeah. is yeah. The first time we meet Donna. Donna Noble. Donna Noble. Which is me and Marcy's favorite companion. Yes. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she is we, hilarious. We love Donna. And this is, so the doctor is saying this really long, heartfelt, gut-wrenching goodbye to Rose. And, like, that's it. Like, he's crying. Like, the music is still yeah. playing. And he turns around, and there's a random woman in his TARDIS. Yeah. Wearing a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. And she turns around and it's Catherine Tate and it's, you know, it's, oh my God. Yeah, it's like this big thing. What a reveal. Yeah. And so it, it's a really fun, interesting, strange episode. So after that episode. We meet the, his next companion. Yeah. After Rose, which is Martha in Smith and Jones. So they, uh, there has been this hospital that gets taken up. Uh, it just, like, disappears from Earth. It's just, like, there's just this crater where it used to be. And everybody's, like, freaking out. It's on the news, all that. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, of course, Martha is one of the doctors within right. it. And uh, they get taken by the Jadoon. Yeah. Which is a race. It's basic. They're basically, like, it's like a whole race of alien that is meant to... Uh, detain people, just like wardens, guards, that kind of thing, yeah, like, or whatever. Okay. But they 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 detain people and like to bring them to justice, and they take them, you know. And they have these rhino heads, and they talk like they're like, "Ho, rojo, kodobo," <laughs> like that. That is like how they talk, <laughs> which is beautiful. It's amazing. This is yeah, it's important because this is where you meet Martha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she she right off the bat is a very strong character. She um she's she's very it seems like she's very compassionate and like she wants to help in whatever way she can, which makes sense because she, she was a doctor. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) After that, we have, I think what many people consider to be the best episode of the show. Mm -hmm. It's called blink. Which is weird because the doctor is not in it that much. Yes. (laughs) Season three, episode 10 on the doc. I just wrote, we know what this is. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't write a description. There's no info or anything. (laughs) Again, talking about episodes that if you've never seen the show and you want to like get into it, this is one of those episodes. Yeah. Well, we we asked on Twitter what people's favorite or favorite animal, favorite monster was from Doctor Who. And the winner was the Weeping Angels, which is introduced in this episode where we... Only see the doctor for probably a collective two and a half minutes or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was probably more than that. Well, yeah, even the less. Videos, if you, yeah, less yeah. if you don't include the videos. Right, say, like right. you yeah. see him in the background for a second, run by is like. Whoop. Yeah, 
This is a really interesting episode. Yeah. It's like Love and Monsters in the sense that the Doctor is adjacent. He's nearby, sort of. Mm-hmm. But... It, it's kind of it's it's a little different because in love and monsters they're not really in direct contact with the doctor they're just talking about him but in this one it's like sally sparrow the main girl in this episode gets thrown into a doctor adventure like an adventure mm-hmm. with the doctor but the doctor's not there <laughs> like that that's kind of what's happening she's you know just an average i guess you'd say per, pretty average person right yeah but she breaks into old houses at night to take pictures uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, using <laughs> on-camera I mean, flash. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amateur. I mean, just go during the day. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. breaking into houses. But yeah, I mean, she breaks in during the day later on. Yeah. With her friend, even. You're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Um, I and so there's a really fun quote that I I repeat to people all the time from this episode, where you know it's just like I love old things; they make me sad. <laughs> and her friend says, you know, how is sad good? And she goes, it's happy for deep people. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> sad is happy for deep people. And I'm like, that's so true. Yeah. I love feeling sad. Yeah. Not like all the time, but every once like, in a while. Yeah. yeah. Nostalgia sad. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. it's like a weird feeling. Yeah. There, there's a difference between like real sad and then yeah. just like, oh, that yeah. kind of sad, you oh, know. Like, I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Feeling sad. It's like it helps you heal a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. There that's true. Things... There's so- something to be said about like having a good cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, some- it really works. Right. This is the one that I would I would yeah. recommend yep. showing to people because you don't need to know anything about Mm-mm. the doctor to understand this episode. Yeah. It's a totally, it's all an all inclusive little story and, all by itself. And we mentioned in the previous ep- in our previous episode that the weeping angels kind of play off of this primal fear mm-hmm. of being, you know, having something get you when you're not looking. It's just yeah. horrifying, and it's just a really relatable, understandable antagonist. Um, and like you mentioned, that there are statues all over the place in real life. So like, oh, oh god, any of them could be. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. At the end of the episode, they drive that home. They like yeah, they show do. shots of like other statues. statues. Yeah, like, not just angels. Yeah. yeah, it was. Oh man, yep, gets you. So the, the next one we have on here is the sound of drums slash the last of the time lords, and uh, this is something that we're just gonna briefly talk about. This is the return of the master, and the master was a very big character in the old show. And then they brought him back for this. And the master always delivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great, great villain. It He makes a lot of sense. His yeah. The relationship with him and the doctor is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember watching, like, these episodes for the first time. And just, like, the lead up to him was a lot. Like, yeah. there was a lot of lead up between, like, just the, like, the drums that, you yes. know, <laughs> and it was like an announcement of him before yes. he even came. And at the time, I didn't realize how big he was to the show, the older show. So, but thinking about it now, it makes sense that he would have such a right. big lead in. Yeah, and so, yeah, he regenerates and, and he gets himself elected as the prime minister. And we find out the, the Time Lords kind of return. Mm-hmm. They return as part of the Master's arc. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily in this one. I can't remember if it's this one, but I think there's one just a few episodes later with the master again. And, and that's when we see the time Lords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time in the new show. We see the time Lords. We're yeah. like, Whoa, what the, what is this? Yeah. With- like their outfits mm-hmm. and oh man yeah. and we yeah and they're bad news man we do yeah. not like the time lords yeah mm-hmm. you know with the only time lord we know of is the doctor and right we're like well time lords if they're, they're all probably like, amazing yeah if they're all like the doctor <laughs> then they're probably great and yeah then, and then it's revealed that they're no they're not they're not great um, oh, yeah. you know they thought about this a long time ago but it's the perfect like balance the doctor versus the master because mm-hmm. e- even in the name you know yeah the doctor is there to help people and the master is there to control and rule mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yep. you know, they op- they're perfect opposites, but the doctor can't, you know, the hero would get rid of the master, but he can't because it's mm-hmm. another time. Lord. Yeah. You know? I love, I love it. I love how this is a struggle that continues on throughout the show. Yeah. Still at this point. Oh yeah. And uh, so, after that, we've got the fires of Pompeii. We wanted to talk about that one just for a little bit too. Yes. Yeah. This is a special episode. Yeah. It is. Um, it has a future doctor in it. Yeah, Peter Capaldi is in this episode. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they explained that away in when they got the you know when they cast when, Peter Capaldi. Right. <laughs> um, basically, what they said was because the doctor because Peter Capaldi's face was a person that the doctor saved from pompeii he recognized that face with like compassion and Mm. and so he remembered the face and that was why he but yeah in this episode basically what happens is that donna and the doctor uh head to pompeii and um yeah and and the thing (laughs) happened and you know what happens at pompeii quite the resort they were looking for yeah basically donna wants the doctor to save these people because they're there now, mm-hmm. and the doctor explains to her, "This is a fixed point. You can't. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. You can't change. We can't change this." And so the Donna pleads with him. She begs mm-hmm. him. She's got. She's crying, and she says, "Somebody, just Anybody. save somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of room in the TARDIS, obviously. But you right. know, he's like, she's like, just go back and just save somebody, please. Yeah." And so he goes back and he picks the, he just saves this family and, and Peter Capaldi plays mm-hmm. the father of that family. Mm-hmm. So it is a really it's a really interesting episode because you know, you see the doctor visit something that we know we all know about mm-hmm. and we all expect and we all understand. Right. Everybody kinda knows what happened and Yeah. And you know, we all wonder, Oh, are they gonna change Pompeii? Are they gonna yeah, in yeah. this universe. Yeah, is the show going to change it so that it, this didn't happen? And it's like, no, no, no. no yeah. We can't. Yeah. Is this the one that Karen Gillan is also? Yeah. Yeah, she plays a very small part as well. Yeah, she's in this. She plays some, it's just like a fortune teller yeah. type character. Yeah. Yeah, got a red cloak and mm-hmm. stuff on her face or something. Yeah, she's yeah. got eyes on her hands. That's right, eyes on her hands. All right, so next we have the doctor's daughter. From season four. Um, so through DNA extraction, the doctor now has a daughter. <laughs> and she oh is... Oh, boy. Yeah. The, the, the awesome little factoid for this, though, is that uh, Jenny, the daughter, is played by De- David Tennant's now wife, Georgia Moffat. Yeah. Yes. They met on the show. Which is so cute. How cute. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's cute. It's cute. All right. And uh, yeah, so I, that's why we want to mention this one. Yeah, she's, that's the main I mean, I mean that's it. That's, that's it. It's it, a good episode, though. So. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, Watch it. <laughs> All right. So then we've got Silence in the Library slash The Forest of the Dead. Ooh. This is another one of my absolute favorites. Yes. I, I love the two-parters for some oh, reason. Yeah. I love these. But oh they, my they gosh. They can do so much more with the yeah. extra time, I think. Oh my gosh. This is the first episode we meet River Song. Yeah. Who ends up being a very important part of the show and she, mm-hmm. you know, has a long arc. She meets him at this point, she meets him for the first time, but for well, he meets her for the first time. He's he does and, he's never seen yeah. her before. He doesn't remember her, but she remembers him. Yeah. Because they keep meeting each other in the wrong order. Right. Is how yep. Which is and, such a weird and cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange it's a strange situation. And very mm-hmm. sad really for her because yeah. it's like I knew that she's like, I knew this day would come mm-hmm. when you wouldn't recognize me, when you yeah. wouldn't know me. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, and that's I know know like I know this is it then. Because obviously, yeah. you know, him and River Song are, you know, they're they're in love, they get married at some point, you know, they're a very it's a very special, important relationship. So it must be very tough, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to have that relationship with somebody and then yeah. you see them and they don't know who you are. Yeah. And you're saying goodbye. And yeah, this is. Yeah. They, they don't know. They don't get it. They don't understand. Yeah. So uh, this also this episode also features the Vashtanarada, which we talked about in last week's episode. Yes. The piranhas of the air. So cool. So yeah. terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. Um, actually, another like one of my favorite costumes it's another like space suit, I know, but it's so cool. It's I know it's like, just like white, but I love the lights and the helmet and yeah. all. And then they go off and then they come back and there's a skeleton. It's a skeleton. Oh skeleton. my god. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. horrifying but really cool. <laughs> they um introduce the idea of these echoes where a person's like for some reason the suit will echo somebody and so their voice will continue. They'll continue talking even though they're dead. Mm-hmm. it's a very strange so they would hear someone talk and then they would start ret- like they would start repeating. repeating it and they knew that that person was gone it's a very and, interesting and, and episode yeah that's another terrifying thing about the Vash and Arata is you don't know yeah yeah they're just like you know because it was so dark in there and that's mm-hmm. the whole point the yeah. Vash are shadows basically yeah and you just don't know until it's too late I love I love things that that utilize fear that way. Mm-hmm. The the scariest thing is a closed door. Yeah. You know, we're afraid of the dark because we don't know what's in it. I love I love it when they use stuff like that because mm-hmm. it, it's it really it just sticks with you. It doesn't you um the idea it's like that that Peter story. If you guys remember growing up there was that mm-hmm. story we would tell each other and where two kids were in the haunted house, they they would separate from each other and they would each call out to each other's names. You know, they would just mm-hmm. say, you know, Peter, yeah, Peter, yeah, Peter. And that, you know, and that's, yeah. God. you know, and that's the thing. Like, that's the, you know, the story, the idea. It's just like, we don't need more information. Yeah, yeah. you already know. You, it, it just, that's enough. And I love that when you're not bombarded with that. So the idea, so that they just, they start to hear the repeated voice and it's just, that's it. It's eerie. It's strange. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> keep an eye out for extra shadows everybody yes. oh god yeah so it's a good episode that's a good one so after that there's another fun episode called midnight 
Yeah, this one's quite different because this one, even though the doctor has a companion, he's with Donna, he separates from her. She kind of stays in this lovely resort and he goes off on this like train ride to go see this, um, oh gosh, it's a specific site and I, oh gosh, it was diamonds or something that nobody, you can't step out into that environment because right. it's so toxic, but mm. you can like you know, raise these shields that you can, you know, at least see the environment. Right. It's like a mm -hmm. tour. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like this long tour. It's like a four hour ride or something just to go see this. And so that's why Donna's like, oh no, <laughs> hell, I'm going to stay here yeah, and like mm -hmm. do the spa thing. You, you can have fun. Yeah. You have <laughs> yeah fun. I don't want to do that. But it's really cool because they're, they're stuck in this small space and, <laughs> They're, the person leading the tour, essentially, she, like, puts on all these different, like, you know, show, like, old-time shows and things like that. And, like, the doctor is like, nah, nah, nah. We're gonna talk. Yeah, <laughs> so he this, shuts it all off. Yeah, this episode is so cool because it's, it's old, I, I, like, I would describe it as old-time sci-fi where... It's it, it's like an episode where they couldn't afford sets, you know, where you like an old time sci-fi show. And so it was like, we don't need the sets. We don't need to do all this crazy expensive special effects. We're going to have an episode that takes place in one location the entire time. Mm -hmm. A boring location, <laughs> the inside of yeah. a bus. Yes. <laughs> and the and the whole episode will be carried by the performance of the actors and the story that's being told. And that's what this episode is. And it's very interesting. And it reminds me of an episode of The Twilight Zone mm -hmm. called The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. I don't know if you guys uh, ever... Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. It, it's, a, it's, it's a bit... It's familiar. It's like that. They, they're on this planet where no life could survive outside. And they hear a knock at the door. Ooh. And that's what the episode is about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so... I love it. I love, I love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know, getting right. chills. <laughs> I haven't I, I haven't gotten that far yet. Um I ha I I don't remember too much of the later parts of of these seasons um cuz I kind of I really remember the big points of season 2 onward and then I remember some more of Matt Smith and so on but there's some in here that I don't remember like that one but I'm excited to be yeah. watching it again so so coming upon the end of season four, we're near the end of season four. Yep. And we come across the stolen the stolen Earth slash Journey's End two part episode where we're facing up against once again the Daleks. Classic. This is a huge crossover episode that is really it's kind of complicated, and it has Sarah Jane Smiths in this episode, mm -hmm. Captain Jack, and Martha. we have Martha Rose Donna. Jackie, Mickey, every like, single character so far, I guess, mm -hmm. like every companion yeah. as Harriet character. Jones. I don't mm -hmm. know if you mentioned her already. No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they're so the Daleks have kidnapped the Earth essentially, and put it together with a bunch of other planets, and the they call it the reality bomb. Yeah. And in this case, it sounds like everything will be destroyed. Everything, not, all matter, not just life. Yeah. yeah, basically, except for Daleks. Right. Seems like a 
bad choice. I feel like the Daleks would need somewhere to live. Why would we destroy all? Also, what would what would <laughs> uh, this is an interesting thing but piece. Like, if the whole point of their existence is to like destroy everything else, what happens when if they were to succeed? What do they do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they just sit they at live. it and they're like, ah, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> they, they live left. happily ever after. Like, yeah, what mm. the hell? Hating themselves. Yeah, because all know. they can hate, all they can do is hate. So. Yeah. I don't know. Then they just begin hating not being able to eat and uh, <laughs> all the other things they can't do. Yeah, I just they, I, they can't really procreate, honestly. Right. No. I I just don't get it because they just live forever. if they if the only thing they don't hate is Dalek, yeah, then and then all that's <laughs> left is Dalek, and they don't exterminate each other, their existence is meaningless. Right. What's mm-hmm. like? I I don't know. It's just weird to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is a really crazy episode, and I absolutely I love it so much. It's one of mm-hmm. my absolute favorites. They this is the episode where the doctor well in this two parter the doctor reveals actually that the TARDIS is meant to be flown by six people, and for the uh-huh. first time ever the doctor actually has enough people in his ship to fly it. Yeah, and it like <laughs> it's like smooth and nice. yeah, it's like kind of nice. Yeah, and uh, something this is also the end of Donna, and it's a very poignant end to donna it's very sad it's tough to handle it i have is, a hard time yeah. watching it every yeah. time it's kind of like a finite end to all of those people because yeah. even though we had like rose's ending yeah. she's in this episode but then you know obviously she doesn't stick around and everyone else gets like kind of a happy like just goodbye uh-huh. mm-hmm. um but except for donna it's it's yeah. a very it's tough it's tough to watch it because the thing about her and the doctor is that they're best friends and uh, she just loves him so much and uh, you have to watch her just yeah be made to forget yeah all of it it's the thing about donna is that in the beginning of the show she's very down on herself you know she's smart she's capable she's interesting she's funny mm-hmm. but she doesn't see these things in herself mm-hmm and when the doctor picks her up, she doesn't get it. She's like, well, I'll go with you, but I'm nothing special. I'm a temp mm-hmm. from Chiswick. She says it all the time oh. on the show. I'm, there's nothing special about me. I'm not special. I don't understand, you know, why. And uh, this whole thing. And she has no. And for like throughout the throughout the season, she starts to kind of grow and starts to, you know, feel better about herself or see, you know, especially it comes to a, a culmination in this episode when she finds out that all of this is happening, you know, because of her. Mm-hmm. She is this point that everything is converging on and she's that she's very important and very special. And once all that happens and she finally has all this confidence and she, mm-hmm. she becomes the Dr. Donna and all this great stuff, it needs to be taken away. I just want you to know that there are worlds out there safe in the sky because of her. That there are people living in the light and singing songs of Donna Noble a thousand million light years away. They will never forget her. Well, she can never remember. And for one moment, one shining moment, she was the most important woman in the whole wide universe. Makes me want to cry all over. (laughs) (laughs) It's very sad. And then... What really always gets me is that that's sad. That seems sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he wipes her mind. She wakes up and she comes out and she goes, oh, what did I miss? Oh, classic Donna. 
just sleeping through and she's and she's back where she was mm-hmm. and it's it's heartbreaking it's absolutely heartbreaking the whole thing it sucks it's just so yeah. sad she'll never know and they can never tell her mm-hmm. and uh, so the point is that like she doesn't need to do all these crazy fantastic things you know her family needs to help her you know realize that she is special and important mm-hmm. and so that's what they have to do now but still it sucks yeah mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have The End of Time, part one and two. And this, sadly, is David Tennant's last episode. Oh, no. Yeah, it is very sad. One thing about this episode, the Master comes back. This is when this is when we see the Time Lords. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not good news. Also, uh, the Ood are really prominent in this episode. And so there are a lot of things in this episode that we kind of don't see again. This master doesn't really return for a long time. No. This version yeah. of the master. Surprisingly, so, yeah. Yeah, and so this is uh, this is this is kind of a culmination of you know goodbye. Also, it was a two-part Christmas special. It aired actually on December twenty-fifth, mm-hmm. and the second part aired on January first in the new year. Ah. So it was Christmas and New Year's special. So that's really interesting. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, this is this is where he says it. I don't want to go. He resists his regeneration, and then explodes yeah. the TARDIS. So that leads him to crash land. For yeah. yeah, the eleventh hour, season Ta-da. five, episode one, where we meet Matt Smith. Yeah, and we also meet young Amelia Pond. Right. <laughs> we we mentioned this a little bit last week, but when Matt Smith kind of entered the show the whole show changed everything looked different the colors were really saturated yeah they're really dull in the last seasons you know what i mean they were darker and and more like you know earth tony and then this was like the box is a is a brighter blue Whoa, space they adjusted the theme song even Mm -hmm. to the point where it's like yeah really different They made the show really young and i yeah i think it, it was definitely an interesting direction to go and I think that, honestly, it really, really helped. Yeah. You know, I, I knew a lot of people in college when, you know, like, you know, and it, it got to be people were starting to really young, younger American audiences were really getting into the show mm-hmm. because of Matt Smith and the way it looked. And it's true. I, almost every person I met in college that watched Doctor Who said he was their favorite doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I really like Matt Smith. I remember in one quote that I remember that kind of, Gives you an idea of his whole personality. I'm being extremely clever right now, and there's no one here to stand around looking impressed. What's the point in having you all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Absolutely. there it is. That's yes. his Pointing whole personality. Yep. You, you need to pay attention to me. You need to watch this. This is a great. I'm putting on a great show. <laughs> and there, there is this the scene in the in that first episode where, you know, the what they're trying to get away from disappears, and. He calls it back and Rory, Amy's boyfriend at the time says, you know, what are you doing? You, why are you bringing, why are you calling it back? And he says, leaving is great. Never coming back is better. Yeah. So, you know, this, there was this really cool introduction of him and was almost like a whole new show. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's, I watched it today with Marcy and it was like, this feels <laughs> like, this feels like the premiere of a new show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we have some more episodes from season five. Just a couple that we're going to talk about. Uh, one of them is The Hungry Earth. And we're not going to say much about this episode, except that they brought back the Silurians. 
And this is a race from the older show. They're lizard people is the best way I could think to describe it. Yay. Yeah. yeah, this episode had a lot had a lot to do with humanity and giving people a chance. You've you watched it with yeah, me. Yeah, this is the one where they're they're underground, right? Yes. Okay. And the doctor, they they have, I guess, technically a prisoner from this race that lives underground, and they end up killing her. And this is an episode where, you know, that happens, and the doctor shows severe disappointment in his companions. This is where, you know, he he is so upset that they did this. And because that's one good thing about the show, one of the takeaways, too, is, you know, it's the doctor is never one to, to... ever have a gun or ever have weapons you know he wants to use his intellect he likes to be defensive and to run but he never likes to attack anything and he tries to give everything its best chance mm-hmm. so that's the hungry earth after that we have another one-off episode it's called vincent and the doctor yeah i remember this one Ro- robin really liked this one so i ended up watching this a couple of times with her i think even though we had both seen it already a couple <laughs> i love of times. this episode i because love it's, it it's so good yes it's and- Oh, yeah. yeah, it has this creature that uh, Van Van Gogh, ha- you know, has drawn within his landscape um, of a church, I believe. And uh, yeah, the doctor ends up seeing it and is like, "That's not right. Like, what is right. that?" <laughs> they go to a, a museum. They go to an exhibit of his work, and they mm-hmm. see it in there, and they go, "Ooh, let's go visit him mm-hmm. and see what the see heck what's that was. happening." Yeah, something weird's yeah, going on. Something weird. And I I love that this episode is so good. Mm-hmm. It's sad. This is one of those ones you watch because sad makes you happy. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. Yep. It is. It's heartbreaking. I love it so much. Yeah. And it's real. It's about. It's I don't know. It does such a good job hand, handling mental health mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. depression and you know that kind of stuff. It, it's such such a good job. I it blows mm-hmm. my mind every time because if you know the story of him, you know he, he was poor. He came from a poor town. No one liked his work. Yeah. Uh, he was basically you know he, yeah he was they, not popular. They especially made a point of that because. Uh, he goes, I believe, to a, a, a local bar, yeah. and he wants to just, you know, go in there and get a drink or something, and they're like, they, like, cast him out. They're like, no, like, get out. You can't even be in here. Yeah. And it's it's very sad. It's like, oh, man, are you yeah. kidding me? Jeez, like, yeah. you treat, I mean, yeah. you don't even you don't treat him with basic, yeah. basic decency. They right. just cast him out. And so Amy, they have the idea of they take him to his exhibit. And there's this really beautiful scene with Bill Nye. He shows up in this yeah. episode as the museum curator. And, uh, you know, he he hears about what a difference he made to the world and how loved he is and what an icon he is. And then he hears all of that taken back. And Amy is convinced, you know, she's convinced that, you know, it's going to help. It's yeah. going to be OK. Like she'll go back and he'll have more works there. And Yeah. And it turns out he still killed himself anyway. You know, right. the doctor gives her he says his this moment where he says, you know, in life, there's a pile of good things and a pile of bad things. And while the bad things don't cancel out the good things, the good things don't necessarily cancel out the bad things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you know. Yeah, the idea yeah. that, sure, you cheered him up. Yeah. But, like, that, cheering somebody up doesn't remove their depression if they have that or if they have any kind of mental problems. Then yeah, just having a, just having a happy day doesn't make it permanently happy now you know right it's not it's not an easy fix right mm-hmm. yeah 
Exactly. So uh, after that, there's uh, the Impossible Astronaut from season six, episode one. Mention it briefly. We'll just mention this is the episode where the doctor dies. We find that the doctor's doctor's death date is a very specific death date, and mm. we we it cannot be Fixed. altered, cannot be changed, and this is obviously one you of know, those rotten fixed it, points. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh darn, yeah. gone forever. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> it starts season six strong. You know. Oh yeah. The whole season is very much centered on this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, in season six, episode four, we have a really interesting episode where the TARDIS comes to life in a, in the form of a human woman. Yeah. It's or humanoid woman. Humanoid, yeah. It uh, it really stresses the fact that the TARDIS is, it, it has a life. Since we're talking with mouths, not really an opportunity that comes along very often, I just want to say, you know, you have never been very reliable. And you have. You didn't always take me where I wanted to go. No, but I always took you where you needed to go. You did. And that's a really interesting thing that they explore within this episode. So yeah, she's like cute. One. Yeah, she's like mm-hmm. she's cute. She's like got a dress on. You know, she's like she's yeah. fun. You know, she she definitely you know can you know talk back at him yeah and, she has like a personality it's interesting to him. like yeah see the tardis personified yeah and it's a woman you know it's, it's just oh i yeah. loved it and i need to go back and watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah after that we have an episode season six episode eight called let's kill hitler well about time let's do it this is a great episode i'll it's it's really interesting it it continues the story of river song Mm-hmm. So it's got a strange, you know, we, we see her regenerate. We see River Song regenerate into the version of her that we all know already mm-hmm. on the show in this episode. And it's really cool. It kind of reveals a little bit more about Amy and Rory and their past. And also we go back to the 1940s and we meet Hitler in this episode. Yes. Yep. Which, yes, you know, in a time travel show, you'd think they would have done much earlier mm-hmm. but and they do a lot of really fun scenes where he's playing with time travel yeah it's you know time travel is like a game in this episode <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're I trying to it. figure out the next move yeah <laughs> what's what's really happening yes it's pretty awesome so after that we um we wanted to just mention the episode closing time this is the second time there there's an episode earlier on in the show too that featured james corden mm-hmm. as kind of almost a companion mm-hmm. and uh, it's he's very funny in this he's very lovable and sweet he plays a character named craig yeah and uh, he the doctor shows up and hangs out with him like, twice in the show and in closing time i believe is a cyberman episode there's cybermen in this one mm-hmm. and uh, the doctor like gets a job in a shop and it, it's very it's very cute yeah it's a cute episode and there's a baby, so yeah. it makes it even cuter. So. People think that the doctor and Craig are a couple and that the baby is their baby <laughs> and stuff like that. It's, yeah. It's just, very humorous. Yeah, and like the doctor can speak baby. This is another thing that they talk about. He he knows what the baby wants because the baby can talk to him. I love it. That's It's super cute. Oh. So after that, we have the time of the doctor. So in the time of the doctor, this is when we say goodbye to Matt Smith. Oh. Yeah, this is his special where he yeah. regenerates into Peter Capaldi. Yeah. It's very sweet. 
and awesome. I love it. This is a really good one. And this one, this is a little different because in this one, Matt Smith was supposed to be the last regeneration of the Doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. There are only like 13 lives, I think, of the Doctor. I think it's what it is. And at this point, because they introduced the War Doctor, that mm-hmm. meant that mm-hmm. he... Because he re- originally, he was number 11, mm-hmm. which made him technically number 12. And then, when you think about the fact that, that David Tennant actually regenerates and changes, but doesn't change his face mm-hmm. in one of in an episode, then that's, he's 13. So, he is actually at the end of his regeneration cycle, and then this is, this is it. This is his last face before he dies. And, uh, of course, some magic happens. Some plot Ooh. magic happens. <laughs> and he gets his regenerations back. Yep. <laughs> And uh, before he regenerates, he says goodbye, and it's very sweet. There's, mm-hmm. you know, usually this this thing happens now in the show, or at least it's happened twice, where uh, someone's saying goodbye and their past companions will appear to them, you know, as they're saying goodbye. It's like a really sweet little moment. And mm-hmm. So he has a moment where Amy appears. She's wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And Karen Gill is wearing a wig, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Because um, <laughs> she... <laughs> she's wearing a wig because she had just shaved her head to play Nebula in Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. So she had the wig on her head for this for yep. th- this episode. And uh, um, but yeah, she appears, and you know, Matt Smith gives this really sweet speech. We all change when you think about it. We are all different people all through our lives, and that's okay. That's good. You got to keep moving. So long as you remember all the people that you used to be. I will not forget one line of this. Not one day, I swear. I will always remember when the Doctor was me. And it's, it's cute, right? Mm-hmm. It's cute that the it Doctor, is. it's like each one kind of looks at the audience and says, Bye! Yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer the doctor. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that each care each time, mm-hmm. you know, way that they they themselves can say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Not only in the context of the show, but just for the audience, really. Right. Which is pretty cool. Not many. Not. I don't know if there are any other shows that do that other yeah. than like children's yeah. shows. Bond can't do that. <laughs> no. No, I yeah. can't. <laughs> no. He just leaves. <laughs> yeah. It's just replaced. all of a sudden another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we have the girl who died slash the girl who, or the woman that, who lived. Season nine. Yes. Yeah, so what does it season, mean? This is in season nine. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes of the show with uh, a guest. I love Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones fame mm-hmm. appears in this episode. Oh. She played Arya in Game of Thrones, if you're unfamiliar. And in this episode, she's in two of these episodes, and actually she returns again later in the show, too. But in this one, she is a young Viking girl <laughs> that helps that helps the Doctor, and, and in the process of the enemy that they're defeating, she dies. But there's some, I, can't, I think it's like a patch, the Doctor, there was some patch that he gives her that kind of, that fixes her. It's, oh, yeah. It's like, it, it repairs her. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, it's kind of like a an intergalactic band-aid so of some sort. Interesting. You know, it repairs her and it brings her back to life. Oh, well, it would be nice if you had like 70 of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the unforeseen repercussions of it is that she is now immortal. 
Oh no! And he he has one patch, and he gives it to her so that she may choose one person to live with her forever. Oh, that's cool. I guess I love the concept of this character. She is immortal, but she has but she wasn't born to be immortal, so she has a finite memory, even though she lives oh, whoa, an infinite amount of time, and because of that. She has to keep these these journals. She's got this whole library of her life. Wow. Because she has to write things down and that she totally Interesting. That's that's And she yeah, and she doesn't even remember reading things sometimes. And so wow. she'll reopen a book and then she'll look at it and she'll see tear stains on the page and know that this made her cry. You know, this is the stuff that she she has a finite memory and so she can't remember. Wow, that's interesting to think about. Yeah, I love it. I love that concept mm-hmm. because it's new. It's a new concept. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. That's not something that you consider when you talk about yeah. immortality. Yeah, I like it a lot. You know, there's one where she like she opens the book and she realizes that she had kids at some point, you know, and she like lost them during the plague or something. You know, that kind of stuff. Just stuff that, you know, she's Damn. She, she's like, oh, I I I wrote I wrote down to tell myself to never have children again. You know, the mm. stuff like that. So that she remembers, like how you know, remembers her life. She has to wow. write it all down. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So that's who that's who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that episode. And then after that, we have an episode in season nine that we wanted to mention: the Zygon invasion slash the Zygon slash the Zygon inversion. Yeah. So at this time, there was a like peace between the Zygons and humans. Because uh, the Zygons were permitted to live on Earth with the humans. But that's kind of like breaking down and so the peace is at stake. And so the Doctor brings the them together and gives them a choice between tr- truth and consequences. Yeah. It's two different boxes. And they the Zygons and the humans can, you know, try to dest- destroy each other essentially. But he's like, you know... Oh man, like this is a great episode because it's a stalemate between two races. Yes. The Zygons and the humans. You set this up, why? Because it's not a game, Kate. This is a scale model of war. Every war ever fought right there in front of you. Because it's always the same. When you fire that first shot, no matter how right you feel, you have no idea who's going to die. You don't know whose children are going to scream and burn. How many hearts will be broken? How many lives shattered? How much blood will spill until everybody does what they were always going to have to do from the very beginning? Sit down and talk! And at the center of this is a character named Osgood, who's a very sweet character that we haven't mentioned yet, but she's she's very sweet and she has a Zygon version of herself. So the Zygon has copied her, and then there's her. Mm-hmm. And they refuse to tell anybody which one of them is a Zygon. Hmm. And they and they they kind of illustrate that point that it's mm-hmm. like, what, why does it matter? We're both alive. We both have feelings. We're both, mm-hmm. cre- you know, we both have life. Why Mm-hmm. Does it matter which one of us is a Zygon? Mm-hmm. Right. Why would a human life be any, worth any more than a Zygon's life? Right. And so that this whole this whole episode is a moral debate mm-hmm. about that. 
So now we're in season 10 and I don't want to talk a whole lot. We're not talking a whole lot. I don't know if you noticed as much about, <laughs> <Skipping> a <lot. laughs> yeah, about mm-hmm. these later seasons. And again, it's part of it's because Adam, the other part of it is because there's lots of explanation that goes into it. And we think we're going to keep talking about Doctor Who at different points too. Oh yeah. So, you know, we will talk about that stuff at some point. I mean, there's a lot of season eight. We did not talk about season eight at all, really. And that's okay. Because again... Yeah, we perhaps, will. Perhaps I can do a, a, an episode once I've reached these episodes. I can do yeah. like a, oh, here's my new appreciation right. for it or We're something. We're just picking some of our faves because yeah. we love the show so much. So one episode from season 10 that we're going to talk about is extre- Extremis or Extremis. Yes, this was a very interesting one. The Pope yeah. shows up in this one. Yeah, the one. Pope is in this one. Oh. Yeah. And they... they- yeah <laughs> he shows up and it's kind of like whoa what? it's really interesting to see any time of any type of catholicism in in, uh, in these tv shows that we mm-hmm. watch right mars yeah it's yeah. weird to see this versus <laughs> not no you know catholicism does not go against science like they go in hand in hand but it is very weird seeing it on a science fiction science fiction show, show. It's right just, it's just weird it's mm. just weird it is it's strange because yeah there's so it's just funny a lot yeah. of the time no one wants to talk about it no one wants to touch the pope that's not something that people, yeah. you know and it's really funny that he's in this <laughs> And, and yeah, especially because the doctor can't see him at this point. <laughs> yeah, he he unfortunately, like within the series, has lost his vision for a yes. short time, and mm. so he has to be told that the Pope is actually there, which yeah, is really yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, and <laughs> this episode is really strange. And I think if I was going to describe it, I would say it's like Doctor Who's version of the Matrix. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, what this episode is, nice. it's you nice. know, there's this, there's this, uh, de- this truth, this scripture mm-hmm. that people are reading, and every time they read it, they kill themselves. Oh my! And the doctor and the pope is like, I don't want this to keep happening. Mm-hmm. And so, please, can you figure it out? <laughs> can you figure out what this is? Like, why? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with. What people are finding out that they're not actually who they think they are. They're finding out that they are computer copies of who they are oh, and that nothing is actually Matrix. real. And that, and Whoa. yeah, and knowing that makes them want to kill themselves. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It's nuts. This is this is a bit of a mindfuck episode. It is. Also, the master is in this one as Missy, the mistress. Yeah. And uh, right, I believe yes. so. Right. Uh, uh Missy is facing yeah. facing uh, execution. Yes. I can't imagine for what crimes because there have been so many. <laughs> so <laughs> they so probably many. were finally like, you know what? Okay, yeah. you did enough of them. Remember when it's time. <laughs> remember when you led all led in quotes all those people to a utopia and then really just ended up cutting off all their heads and yep. turning them into cyborg Little machines yeah. that came down and killed like a third of the US population th- third of the world population? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Maybe yeah. we should execute yeah, them. Yeah, that's we a little get, rough. You know, <laughs> we know it wasn't this generation, you know, regeneration of you, but, but we know, you know what? We know it was you though. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, woo. All right. <laughs> so yeah, the master guy is not not good. <laughs> no. no. I'm just kidding. It's it's really muddled. But this is an episode where you really see how much the doctor cares about the master, and uh, sees the the master as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's on. actually where we were going to stop. We decided yeah. we're, that we'll stop there with season 10. Yep. We're not going to say anything about season 11. And honestly, I think that's enough, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. That's quite a bit of an episode, I think. Sure is. And we could still um, keep talking. But there's so not. much. <laughs> if you're still here, props. Yeah. Yeah. Thank My you so goodness. much for listening to these episodes. Yeah. All yeah. the way through. One, two, and three. All three of them. So you can follow us on Twitter at Black Case Diary. Robin is on there constantly. I go on there every once in a while to see what's up. I'll send a meme or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like the tweet, Adam so... sent it. Oh. <laughs> you mean if it's the best goddamn tweet of your life. <laughs> So you can tweet at us, respond to our tweets, you know, all that fun stuff. And then you can move on over to Instagram and see what we're doing on there. You can see a little behind the scenes stuff we got going on. Right. This week, we did not do a drink of the week for this week's episode. However. Yeah, we did. Uh, do one. We did try fish fingers and custard. Yes, we did. And it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It really it was okay. Yeah. yeah. We tried I, it. We see the hype, man. Yeah, we get it. Wow. Yeah. We did not have apples because apples are rubbish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Honor of Matt Smith. Thumbs down. <laughs> anyway, we also have a Patreon. Yeah. If you fancy checking this out on there. Yes, you can now see all of those drink of the week recipes on there yeah for free for free yeah. so Just head, head on over it, there yeah. and check them out yeah, yeah. especially our most recent one then from the first episode that we did for yeah Dr. if you Who. want to make your own sonic screwdriver it's right over there yeah. right so check it out patreon.com slash black case diaries easy yeah yeah Super easy. way to go adam nice yeah. so and um, on that note we want to thank our patrons and we have um, let's see. John Denario. John Denario. Right. Joel Thomas. And, and Anthony. Anthony. So we want to thank you. Thank you so much, guys. We really do appreciate yes. it. Yeah. You guys rock. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you, non-patron, for listening still. Seriously, thank you. We, we do really appreciate it. And share, share the episode with your friends. All right. All right. This is another case closed. Case. Finally. Yeah, after yeah. three parts, we can Ugh. finally close it for Yuck. now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe open it up a crack. Yeah, it's, it's a totally close. Just, it's, it's just like the crack yeah, in the wall. It's a cold Matt case Smith. that we'll come back to. Yeah, it's a cold case. Cold case. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.